bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. everyone and welcome to this week's Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast sponsored by our great friends at Betfred. First of all, a big thank you from me to Terry O'Connor and Paul Cullen for standing in for Steve-O over the past couple of weeks as the man himself headed back home down under. I'm sure you agree they were riveting editions and they've thrown up lots of talking points. But now it's back to normal because Steve-O is waiting to talk to us Live from Sydney in Australia. Good day, Steve-O. First of all, hope you're over the jet lag. Roaring to go again. <laughs> yes, I am, Eddie. But uh, a little bit earlier this morning, it's just nearly quarter past seven. And uh, I don't normally get up this early. But uh, I thought I might lose my job. The two, <laughs> guys were, the two guys were really in top form. And well done. Well done for that. But uh, it's good to be back working with the one and only top man. And that's <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, good on you. Right, let's get going straight away. Steve-O, we have had a week up here. I'm sure you have uh, kept tabs on it as well. Dominated by the name of Smith. First of all, Rowan Smith has been named in this past week as the new Leeds Rhinos head coach. He's on his way across as we speak, apparently, so I believe. What do you know about this fella? Well, the little bit that I do know is that he was involved with uh, coaching at the London Broncos many, many years ago. Uh, it's been a huge surprise because normally you'd think that Leeds, one of the top clubs in the entire world, uh, would go for what you could call a regular first-grade coach. So it is a bit of a surprise, but maybe that's the type of change that Leeds need somebody that's perhaps not known for his coaching ability. So it's going to be interesting, though there are reports down here, down under, that said that Gary Hetherington was given a no by a top coach. They haven't named who it is, but that's the speculation. But we all know now that the Smith family, they're taking over the world, taking over rugby league. <laughs> It would it would appear so. Let's just before we talk about the other uh, Smith who has been in the news, Tony Smith. Let's just uh, concentrate a little longer on Rowan Smith. Apparently, he is coming over from uh, what has been described as the third best tier of rugby league in the world. Now he's he's had the last five seasons with the Northern Devils, apparently, and he's been under the tutelage, amongst others, of uh, Daniel Anderson, his dad, Brian Smith, who we know very well, of course. And Trent Robinson. They say he's been in the world of coaching for 20 
years. Well, it's obviously picked up something down the line because uh, Gary Hetherington is no fool and he would have made sure that uh, his background is good. Uh, a lot of speculation, though, in regards to the day that they announced Rowan Smith would take it over at the Rhinos, the same day Tony Smith said that he was leaving Hulkingston Rovers. Now, speculation all across the media and, of course, the websites are suggesting that is Tony Smith going back in some position to Leeds? Is he going back to heading Leeds? Well, we are hearing that rumour as well up here and people are putting two and two together and making five. But I must say that some of the fans at the Rhinos apparently are just a touch underwhelmed by this appointment, the appointment of Rowan Smith. Well, we, we discussed it a few weeks ago, Eddie, in regards to the fact that uh, over the years, um, the English clubs have never really gone for a popular first-team coach in the NRL. So I don't think the fans should really complain too much because they've had quite a lot of people come from Australia that have not been classified as the number one coach. Okay, normally it's an assistant, but in this occasion, as you say, it's probably from the third tier. So it'll be interesting. But I always got the impression, and a lot of my friends who, who support Leeds, uh, were suggesting that Richard Agar, who stepped down from coaching, would be going up into the management and being involved in the management at Leeds. Now, as you say, speculation. Does that mean that Tony Smith is going back to Leeds maybe to help Rowan Smith? That is the, the head-scratching business that we're in at the moment because, um, you know, as you say, Rowan Smith comes across, uh, his uncle, Tony, an hour before Rowan Smith's announcement, goes into the press conference and says he's off from Hulkingston Rovers at the end of the season. They made the playoffs last year. Their ground at Craven Park has been secured. The club have bought the, the rights to the ground. They're in the Challenge Cup semi-finals. They beat Hull in the local derby over Easter. They got a full house. But he's allegedly off to lead, so people are speculating up here and by the sound of things down there, as Rowan's mentor. I mean, what on earth is a mentor? W will he have control? Will, will, will Tony Smith have control of what Rowan Smith does? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, Eddie. You're getting a, bit, a little bit too excited. This is only speculation. The most amazing thing that came out from Tony Smith over the last couple of days is that he has said, I am not retiring. I am only leaving Hulkingston Rovers. In other words, he's not giving up full time. He still wants to be involved with coaching. Now, I know the Smith family. You know the Smith family right the way through. And they are very, very strong characters. And I have always thought behind and thinking to myself, you know, the Smith family, both Tony and Brian, um, would love to be taking control of rugby league on the top level. That means to be involved running it at the top level. I'm going to go back to the word control, Steve-O. Plainly, at Hulkingston Rovers, despite all the great things that have happened since Tony Smith moved in there, he is not in control of things behind the scenes. But isn't the job of a coach to coach the team? And he's done a very good job there. 
I just wonder what effect it will have though on, on their season will they play for him will they play for themselves will they fall off the perch now how, how is it going to affect things well we, we, you never know I mean um, look I'm going to throw something right into the middle of the mill I'm going to go for what, it, what they call the trifecta Brian Smith comes out of retirement and he takes over Tony Smith's job at Hulkington Rovers <laughs> wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a great coup? Well, that would be a headline. <laughs> that would be a headline, and you always come up with them from time to time. Uh, I must say. Hey? Oh dear, oh dear, maybe. But as I say, uh, I, I just hope that uh, that Richard Agar uh, will not suffer from this situation. No, they said he was heading upstairs. He stepped down, as you say, as the first team coach, but he would have some influence on the future at Headingley and we all thought that he would be involved in the selection of the coach I wonder I wonder if he's been involved in the selection of Rowan Smith who knows who knows uh, I, I'm, I'm not right sure whether whether Richard actually came out with Gary Hetherington to Australia um, uh, maybe they, they couldn't afford his airfare but <laughs> mm. but talking about Leeds the rumours are very strong that Zach Hardaker who played five five seasons at uh, uh, for the Rhinos is uh, going to go back there after being dismissed at Wigan absolutely I mean here's the next surname that's dominated the headlines over the past seven days uh, Hardacre as you say released by Wigan he was left out of the uh, side for the Good Friday match against St Helens because of uh, conduct not in Wigan's code um, and after that the club decided to release him and the very latest news is on the website anyway that Zach is on the verge of returning to Leeds Rhinos so Leeds are being pretty busy aren't they <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what the, the, the one good thing about our sport is the speculation uh, <laughs> and I think it, I think it's fantastic because it it, it, it it keeps the fans on their toes it keeps the clubs on their toes and, uh, and, and we're at fault any people like you and I <laughs> <laughs> we spread these rumours. <laughs> we did it for we did it for what? Nearly thirty years together. We did, <laughs> we did. Well, this isn't a rumour because I've got in front of me uh, a piece on uh, the Leeds Live website that says Zach Hardacre is on the verge of returning to Leeds Rhinos. It comes after a whirlwind weekend of talks and negotiations in which several clubs have registered interest in Hardacre. However. The Rhinos have pulled the trigger on a move and it now appears highly likely that they will have the England International <laughs> in their squad in time for Friday's game against Hull Kingston Rovers. It's amazing, isn't it? The, 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 the wheel of fortune is turning around. Look, the best way to describe Zach Hardacre, a very, very good player over the years, but is had an exceptionally troubled sort of, well, especially the last eight or nine years. I mean, remember... Uh, just before Castleford played in that uh, grand final, yeah, uh, you know that that didn't do any favours for the Castleford club. Uh, so I'm pretty certain that Castleford would not be involved. Though once again, the rumour mill was suggesting that even Castleford might be looking to it. But there's an old saying: never ever return. Um, we're at the end of the Easter program. Three games, eight days. Um... I just wonder, you know, whether there is a future for Easter with Good Friday matches, Easter Monday matches, 
St. Helens, for instance, they fielded a largely understrength side at Castleford and were beaten over the weekend. Seven youngsters on their debut. It was talked up pre-game, but, you know, we do have a problem with two games in five days over Easter, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, I, I think that uh, we shouldn't have so many, so many games condensed in that fact, because we're all talking about that you know, we've got to look after the players, make sure that there's no high-dive tackles. There's a lot of confirmation about that. We've also got to look at the, the people, the officials, to the people who run the game of rugby league is to ensure that they don't put the three games in the space of five or six days. It's just not on. I, I think we should scrap I mean that because I don't think it's good for the sponsors. I don't, I don't think it may be good for the fans to get so many games in. But um, look, we've got to we've got to look after the health of players. We have definitely. There's no question about that. And when you think about it, we're having the Easter bank holiday double headers. We're having the August bank holiday double headers. Well, there's a danger here. We're going to be going into this World Cup with a, a completely busted squad, isn't there? Well, that's always the case, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> let's face it. We we also then will complain about the the coaches saying, uh, you know, the, the England coach saying that uh, I don't get the opportunity to have a have a game before the World Cup. You know, to build up. Uh, I remember in '72 when we, we were part of the World Cup. There, we had two games before we actually flew over to France. But they were against club games. But it, it, it was it was it was hectic. It was you know at least it got us into the mood and the swing of thinking. Whereas this World Cup is going to be a situation where they've only got one game build up, or at least two if it comes off. Evidently, there's a there's a plan that they'll have a second game before the the tournament starts. That's right. That's so right. It, it it look it's difficult. But talking of that, right. Uh, Mr. Hanley, who we suggested uh, many weeks ago, that he would pick Jake Connor from Hull, and he's yes. done it. Yeah, that's true. In his 29-man initial squad, but no more than six players from any one club can be selected. So St. Helens are expected to have several players in the England squad, so Ellery at the moment has left them alone. Jayfield is the only Wigan player uh, in the squad for similar reasons but they've got Jay Connor and they've got Tom Johnson uh, and they've got Kane Lynette of Hulkingston Rovers in Scotland Johnson qualifies for both Scotland and Germany and Jay Connor uh, qualifies for Trinidad as well so this is the warm-up match at Warrington in June uh, when we will see Ellery Hanley pitting his wits against Sean Wayne. I mean, looking down the list of players, Steve, well, that should be quite a match, you know, shouldn't it? Oh, it, it will be. Uh, especially with, look, how many times have we discussed the attitude of Jake Connor? Look, if I was a coach, he'd be my first selection. He's, uh, he's phenomenal. I love watching him. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is. He's got a big smile on his face. It's, look, he's worth paying the admission fee just to see this guy I, I, I love him I, I love watching him I think he's a great player uh, but the way he just winds up the opposition is fantastic it, this is one game that all the fans should go and see 
because this is going to be a humdinger and that's what you want and Jake Connor will say this is 80 minutes for me to show that I should be in the World Cup squad there'll be so. a cracker it will be and, and uh, I mean Jake Connor uh, pulled all the strings for Hull uh, on Sunday night against the Catalan Dragons when Hull FC beat the Dragons uh, up there at the uh, KCOM Stadium um, just talking about the Easter programme the August Bank Holiday programme because of this mid-season international between Ellery's international squad and Sean Wayne's uh, England squad the Super League clubs are actually going to have that weekend off all the other Super League clubs will not be involved in matches but as I say they're, they're allowed six players a maximum of six players from each club so it'll be a rest for some and it'll be absolute chaos for others won't it yeah but uh, look uh, the opportunity and the chance to play for your country uh, is second to none you can go you can talk about winning cups with your your club and things like which is fantastic uh, there's nothing better than representing the country of your birth and to to my opinion is that that, that is the ultimate of any sport to play for your country to look at that badge and just look down and said, I'm proud and I want to play for that country. It's it's something that is there. It's like a tattoo. It's just like a tattoo on your chest. I am playing for my country. And so that's how it should be. Uh, and as it turns out, it'll be nearly 50 years to the day. Uh, we won it in November in 1972. So it's going to be in and around that sort of uh, area and maybe I think most people if you're married for 50 years or you get to 50 and you were lucky Eddie you got through it and uh, <laughs> that's, uh, and, and so did I but um, I, I think it, it's time for celebration and I have I really do feel that we have the opportunity uh, look, let's just have a little bit of reaction to Paul Cullen's podcast of last week. A lot of people have spoken to me about this, and they say they now understand a little better the disciplinary process. The ex-players, they judge every incident, and they put a grade on the incident, and that then goes up before a Queen's Council judge, and they then decide the suspensions that might be in order. We thought that the suspensions well they were maybe going to be dropping off a bit but there have been a host of suspensions again this past week so the purge remains and one of Paul's great comments last week on the podcast was that they are safeguarding players and the future of the game nobody, nobody Steve O can uh, object or argue with that no I, I, I thought he, he spoke extremely well and they've got the procedure right um, legally it can't be there should be no objections to it but it, it, look it, things can change it, it, it's an amazing situation over here as well I mean we've had some blowouts uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, down under I mean my old club wow Penrith uh, they, they beat Canberra who had a very good side 36 points to 6 and Canberra in the second half they played the ball only once and it was in the 39th minute 
The Panthers' defense did not allow Canberra to get into their own half. Wow. So what, a, what a record. 39 minutes and your opposition never got into your half to play the ball until one minute before the game ended. That must be a record, you're right. That must be oh, a record. Incredible. Incredible. And talking of, I'm talking of Penrith, which I'm biased, of course, is that, look, Nathan Cleary had just signed a, a long-term contract worth millions. And evidently within his contract, and I've never heard of this ever before, is that if his father, Ivan Cleary, gets sacked, then Nathan Cleary will become a free agent and could leave Penrith forthwith. Never. Now, I've never, I've never heard of a contract like that before. So not only is Nathan Cleary on a long-term contract, <laughs> Ivan Cleary is on a long-term. And, and why shouldn't they be? What they are producing down here, last year they won the grand final, and it's going to take a damn good side to stop them from <laughs> doing it again. Well, they are. And listen, that, that raises an interesting question in my mind. If Rowan Smith, right, signs a contract at Headingley and says, Uncle Tony, if you sack him, you've got to sack me as well. I'm off as well. I, I wonder if that's going to happen at Headingley in the next three years. <laughs> well, that's a possibility. But you've got to look at the fact that uh, I've been cleary. Uh, has won a grand final uh, whereas Rowan Smith and Brian Smith they never won a grand final as far as I'm concerned I don't think they ever won a trophy uh, Tony Smith of course has won several uh, so in my mind Tony Smith is by far the better coach of, of the family but Eddingley the fans Gary Hetherington feel that Rowan Smith has the ability to bring trophies back he does, and it'll be no quick fix. It will be no quick fix. Although, they've probably secured their future. The victory over Toulouse this last weekend. 25-14, not a, not a, you know, a massive win, but a victory. And a win is a win, Steve-O, when you're down at the bottom of the table. It means that Toulouse now three points adrift at the foot of the table. I mean, they're, they're gone, aren't they, Toulouse? God love them, they're gone. Well, you'd think so now. That was such a, a major game by Leeds to win and Toulouse knew that they knew they had the opportunity to you know jump over the Rhinos um, but there's still, there's still a fair way to go um, they will be fighting tooth and nail the Toulouse outfit um, I, 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 I think they've been exceptional uh, great to talk to you again as always and uh, we'll do it all again in seven days time you keep rubbing on that suntan oil don't get yourself burnt uh, Eddie, it's winter down here oh, in, in right. Australia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't live up in North Queensland or the Northern Territory. Um, would you believe last night it went down to five degrees? My heart bleeds. My heart bleeds. Get the thermal undies out, Steve-O. We'll see you next week. Take care, top man. <laughs>